change according to nitrogen balance, weight loss, and so forth, and that they seem to be more reflective of an inflammatory state versus changing in response to nutrient deprivation or nutrient repletion. This conclusion had also been reached by the Aspen work group on diagnostic nomenclature, and so they proposed a nomenclature that recognizes the influence of inflammation on malnutrition and on its outcome, and we proposed that we use then different criteria, criteria other than serum proteins to diagnose malnutrition. So we reviewed the literature, they reviewed the literature, and we looked at the markers. We wanted to have a few markers because, you know, you can measure 50 to 100 things, but that's just not practical. If you're going to have success, you really need to measure markers that are meaningful and that are relatively few in number. So we looked at what changes as nutrient intake and nutritional status changes. We came to the conclusion that the characteristics that we're recommending, insufficient intake, weight loss, loss of muscle mass, loss of subcutaneous fat, localized or generalized fluid accumulation, and diminished functional status at this time measured by hand grip strength. Those seem to be the most reliable markers that we have available to us currently. Okay, and of those six markers that you just mentioned, a diagnosis for malnutrition can be attained with two or more of those being present. They're strongly recommending two or more of these markers be used to diagnose malnutrition. Any of these can be affected singly and not necessarily reflect nutritional status. So we felt the more that were positive, and at least two should be positive, to diagnose malnutrition. Okay, very good. So we've really come a long way then because what I don't see on here are serum proteins. Right. The serum proteins are not recommended for the diagnosis of malnutrition. They may be valid in terms of characterizing inflammatory response to disease. We know that some markers increase and some decrease in response to severity of illness. And we also know that severity of illness can impact response to nutrition interventions. So nutrition interventions and medical interventions really have to work hand in hand in order for a severely ill patient or even a chronically ill patient to improve. This really does take us forward in a nice way. Tell me where we go from here. The next steps are to recognize that these markers are a first step. They are not cast in stone. We expect that as we collect data to document evidence of efficacy, as we accumulate evidence in a systematic approach and we analyze and disseminate that evidence, we feel that some of these may change. And that's okay because medical knowledge and nutrition knowledge changes rapidly. So what we want people to do is to begin to use the characteristics identified, and the diagnostic approach that was outlined so eloquently in Dr. Jensen's and colleagues' papers published in JPEN, to use these to diagnose malnutrition, to document their use, and to show, you know, are, are certain diagnostic markers or characteristics more relevant in some categories of patients that we see than others, which are most useful in which situations, are some not useful at all, and so do we need to look at alternatives to the characteristics that we've identified? But we want to, and we'll be presenting standardized instruments for data collection, 
We hope that people will complete these. We will feed them in. Eventually, we hope to a standardized site where the information could be analyzed. And then based on the data collected, we would then either maintain the approach currently proposed or revise this approach as needed. So to summarize, we have six characteristics that are now recommended for a diagnosis of malnutrition, wherein two or more need to um, be present, insufficient energy intake, weight loss, loss of muscle mass, loss of subcutaneous fat, edema, and diminished functional status. Well, it's not just edema. It's either localized, which would be edema of the arms and legs, or generalized fluid accumulation, such as something like ascites. Sure, point well taken. Uh, when two or more of these are present, currently it would meet this criteria for malnutrition. But I'm very excited to hear that moving forward, there's going to be some kind of coordinated approach to try and establish a database to validate then these characteristics in a prospective way. That will be really important for helping us this diagnosis evolve. Thank you very much for your contribution, Jenks. Okay, and we will also have a standardized approach to educating our members about the characteristics and their use. And have those plans been developed yet? Those are being developed as we speak. Excellent. We will look forward to them. Thank you so very much. Thank you. For more information or to view this article, please visit us at jpen.sagepub.com. Mm -hmm.